What's going down? It's your man Ray Woods, and you are now listening to Smooth Lies. You know what I mean? We had jobs where it was literally check to check. I know people that's living check to check and homeless. They have full time jobs. Like we've been through the struggle. We we know. So COVID was more of a just like, all right, let's go. You know, let's let's lace them up. You know, it's, we got to apply what we went through growing up, but we got to apply it to everyday life for the next couple of years. What's going on, everybody? It's your man, Jay. I'm your host of Smooth Lies. And it's your boy, Meech, over here. Welcome to another episode. As you all see, we have another special guest with us yes. by the name of Ray Woods. Yes, man. sir. What's happening, fellas? Appreciate y'all having me on. I'm for glad sure, you could be here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yeah. yeah. How's everything? How's your week been? How's your mental health been, man? I love man, asking that question. Man. I love that you asked that. Uh, I have been very overwhelmed uh, lately um, for good reasons. Okay. I can't break anything yet until, uh, you know, we're ready to do that. But some exciting news coming along uh, from the Ray Woods camp. And um, I'm just learning to walk through it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not talk myself out of it or convince myself not to do anything just go going through with it uh, but the week has been very productive man busy busy a bunch of rehearsals i just had my birthday on tuesday Congratulations, uh, 33 man. appreciate that man yeah. scotty pimpin do they scotty say that they say pimpin years they say, so. years, you know I, they say <laughs> I know they say jordan kobe and brian i'm not sure about pimpin <laughs> but yeah man 33 so i just like really been reflecting a lot just being thankful that I'm still here because we all brothers, man. And we, yeah. we know it's definitely uh, rare and tough mm -hmm. to get where we are. So um, it hasn't been a lot of the turn up. It's been more of just like a lot of reflecting. Yeah. 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 yeah so I'm, I'm just thankful, man. That, that that's, that's interesting to say that because I, I feel like once you hit more so after 28, the years really become reflecting years. Cause you kind of lived your life in yeah. between, like especially once you hit about twenty five year old. Yeah, like that's where that teeter happens. It yeah, the way things, man. Yeah, I I, I feel like twenty five is is still those those years where you like you have a lot to figure out about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, me, just speaking on my experience, I I was like somewhat rebellious, but I, I really wanted to be an adult so fast why i don't know <laughs> um so i would say like 25 when i was 25 i was kind of like doing things backwards but still the end goal was discovering who i am mm -hmm. but i i took the steps that most people would wait to take <laughs> so i had like a double dose of life which yeah. is not a bad thing man because it it made you know it made me who i am so is that because the way you grew up or that was just your, your mindset? Definitely, you know, my childhood development, okay. everything, your early years, it, it has a strong, strong, you know, indication of where you're headed. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, uh, not everything is the end all be all growing up, but there are a lot of things that I seen growing up that I, I carried into my adulthood. Um, and, definitely tried to use them and it wasn't the bad it wasn't bad that I was using those tools it was just that I was I was giving my time to the wrong people I was doing those things for the wrong people and that was because I didn't know who I was okay. and I didn't love myself and so therefore you know my style is I want everybody to be happy I want everybody to feel good mm -hmm. even if I'm not okay and it took me up until 30 to wow. realize that that's not okay. Yeah, because wow. a lot of people, you know, I've heard that before where it's usually you kind of hear that from your grandma. Yeah. Where she puts in the most work to make sure that the household is good, Man, yeah, all the grandkids. Yeah. And for you to realize that, uh, what age did you say you realized that? 30. At 30, yeah. okay. So, yeah. you know, what I've noticed is that a lot of people, when it's kind of hitting towards that 30 marker, folks start to, you know, focus on the self-love because they've spent the majority, if not their whole life, making sure everybody else is good. Yeah. Yeah. But 
so we know, we know you had, you said you had an early fast track to your adulthood, even though you weren't an adult. Yeah. You being an adult, could you being an adult now, could you tell the listeners what it is that you do? Right now or what I did? Are you talking about just uh, Ray Woods? I, I, I don't want you snitching <laughs> on yourself. I, I just want to know who is Ray Woods at 33? Man, Ray Woods is just a proud father. Number one, proud black man. Wow. Proud yeah. black man, yeah. proud father, uh, proud provider. And uh, I love music. I'm passionate about music and sports. Uh, I feel like my ministry is being able to give back to the youth uh, through sports, through music. Uh, so I'm just using every day that I'm alive to just make sure that my daughter sees what I'm doing uh, so she knows how to be treated. I'm making sure that she sees how I'm treating her mother. So therefore, she knows exactly what she wants to expect from a man. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, just finding ways to pour into her so she doesn't have to get the things that I thought a woman needed from a man. You get no. it from yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, man, I do everything. Man. I got a nine to five. <laughs> uh, I do that during the day. And then on the nighttime, uh, I'm hitting the stage with my band of deal breakers. Okay. Man, yeah. Now, with you being um, a family man. Yes, sir. Could you speak to us like what what it's like being a father, a, a father as well as you said, a, you said a husband? Oh, no, 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 no. Y'all see, I'm trying to give me that. Y'all see, I'm trying to give me that. No, no, no. <laughs> but okay, as a father and a family man, yes, sir. Um, could you talk to us about how, how that is for you, especially in today's world and society? Man, it's it's not as tough as a person makes it. Okay. It's, it's more about if you got your priorities lined up, man, and you know what's important, there's a lot of stuff that can't phase you. Now, 21, 22, I didn't have any kids. All I had was music. I was in a relationship, but, man, I was in the prime years. And at that time, I couldn't deal with the attention that came with doing what I did. Mm. You know, not even just from women, just people like, oh, yeah, you Ray Woods. You know, I can't even work at my day job without somebody coming in like, yeah, you that dude. Yeah. And now it's just more like, yeah, that's me. It's a pleasure to meet you. I appreciate your support. You know, I got to keep it going. I'm at work. You know, but as far as like the balancing it goes, like it 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 takes, a, so you have to sacrifice something. So there's times where it's like, man, I'll go dark on social media where I just, I don't give it my energy. I don't have time. Like I, I just did 60 hours at work. I've been rehearsing with my band two nights a week and I have a family. You know, mm -hmm. I got a lady that she requires attention just as much as I do. Um, and then we have a child that we have to pour into. So it, it's it's more about putting your priorities in order um, and just paying attention. Like I could tell, like, okay, Ray, you've been on your phone all day. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Be present with your family. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the beautiful thing about what I have in my personal life is she understands what I do. I understand what she does. So she knows that. You're going to be busy. Like, that's not the problem. And I've been in relationships where it's like, they say, oh, yeah, I support whatever you do, and they really can't handle the fact that you don't have time to just lay around and cuddle all day. Yeah. I got money to make. I got moves to make. And I I'm definitely blessed to say that I have somebody that can be like, yeah, like, take care of business. When you get home, just give me a little bit of your time. Mm -hmm. And so it's just communication, you know, balancing your priorities and you know what's most important is common sense. Yeah. It's common sense. Yeah, but it, it, it is it is challenging at, at times. It does affect your mental health if you're not fully grounded with yourself. So um I you know, I go to therapy twice a uh, twice a month. Um I do a lot of self care, which is in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been better with that, you know, more consistent with just trying to find an outlet. But yeah, it, it it takes a lot of sacrifice though. Yeah, it sounds like, and it sounds like you became um, conscious of your choices that you're making, especially because I'm in the entertainment industry too as well. And that was one of the things that I kept in my mind that you know you're putting in long hours. You know that the money ain't always going to be the same type of money. Sometimes it's late nights and everything like that. And having a partner 
like you said, being there to be a cohesive yeah. relationship instead of just being, hey, we together. Yeah, yeah. Like, type thing. Yeah, I, I've yeah. I've been, I've, man, and, and Jamal knows of yeah. a little bit of my situation in the past where it's like, I've, I've been in situations, man, where it's like, if you just asked me what made you do it, it would have just been like, uh, you know, I loved her. Yeah. It, there was no death. There was nothing that, like, there there was nothing there outside of just shell. It was like second nature. It was just second nature. Yeah, yeah, like, and then, you know, when you work on yourself, you, you attract completely different energies. Man. And so when you are able to have a conversation with somebody, you know, and actually <laughs> get to know somebody and there's an understanding, like, I'm not wasting your time, you're not wasting my time. Like that's where the that that's that's where it all it's all worth it. That's that's where it comes into play. Like you understand, okay, I had to go through all the dumb crap. I had to do all the dumb stuff in order to to have the wisdom and understanding that everything I do, man, it is definitely gonna affect you, especially we in Columbus. <laughs> like I've been doing music since 2008. Like I had to come back home um, after I had my back surgery from basketball. And it was like, I didn't, if you would have told me Ray would have been in music, I would have been like, yeah, it was just, for me, it was, it was a passion of mine, but I never pursued it. I was in sports, man. When I came back to Columbus and really got involved in the music scene and seeing like just how ugh, it can be. Like just people 40, 50 years old still ain't got their stuff together. Facts. And they're using that outlet and they not using it the right way. Yeah. So I've had enough time to really just sit back and watch since I was 19, 20 of what not to do. And that's what makes it easier for me because it's, it's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people attached to my name and I don't even, sometimes I don't even like it. You know, because it's like, I can't react the way I want to. I got to be the bigger person and I got to keep walking away. I got to keep turning around. I got to keep ignoring it. Somebody say something stupid on social media. I can't, can't react. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, and you know, my rule is I'm not arguing with no female. I ain't smacking. Like, if I ain't smashing, hold on, like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Let, me, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Not smacking, smashing, yeah. I should say. Yeah. If, if, I, if I'm not tapping, if, if, I'm not, if I'm not tapping the skins, I'm not going to take that energy and argue with you. Yeah. He said, I'm glad you called that. Hey, PSA, we do not support abuse. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't, okay, but go ahead. Either go form, right. either form, any form, either any way. form of abuse. But no, like yeah. seriously, man, I, I I just, I've had enough time to just sit back. And also I've had enough time to make mistakes mm. to to learn from. And so that's the biggest thing, man. But at the end of the day, I, ne I told myself, especially becoming a father, I never wanted to create a reputation that my kids could not like, oh, that's your dad? Oh man. Oh, like I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't ever want that. And I'm blessed and privileged to say that, you know, my mother, I, I was able to see her demand the respect everywhere she went, you know, because she she did things the right way to the best of her abilities, even with all the mistakes she made. You know what I mean? Even with all the mistakes and all the bad decisions that she's ever made, it never got back to us. Mm -hmm. And not, and that we never had to suffer for those consequences. So I, I had a I had a very strong upbringing to understand, like, man, everything you do, it impacts not only you, but everybody attached to you. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. And what I'm getting from, because like you said, we already know each other. We've had conversations in the barber chair, that's the special thing about my job. I'm able to, you know, have these conversations with you guys. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like with the new woman that it's special and it also brings balance to your life. Um, with you having a daughter, you know, you were talking about the decisions that you make in the present, in the present that shape, you know, the future of you as well as her. Hey. Could you talk to us about um that moment you found out you were having a daughter the moment i was completely caught off guard wasn't expecting it it wasn't anything that i was like i've always wanted to be a dad 
Mm-hmm. Like I've always longed to be a father. I just I love kids. Um, I've been around them since forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a big family, so that that mode just kicked in. I can't explain it. Just it's just a it's a mind state that is like okay, it's not about me anymore. Something's bigger. Like than you it's it's bigger than me. And the first word that came to mind was legacy. That's mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Legacy. That's that's all that came to my mind. So every day I get up. I had to tell myself that now you have even more reasons to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I and and that was the hardest adjustment I had to make was being able to balance. Yeah, it's still about you too, but you got to understand that yeah, you have people depending on you, but you can't just neglect yourself. And so there was a, a period of time where I kind of fell off the wagon, stopped going to the gym. I ain't had time. I was no, I had time. I didn't know how to make it. Management. And, and, and I, I was just trying to manage time. And I was, you know, overutilizing my energy here and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but the moment that I found that out, man, it, it just, a, a gene, like I feel like something, like a, a light switch flicked on. And, and it's been go mode ever since. Not necessarily in just being busy, but being productive. Mm-hmm. Just making sure I'm making the most of my time and I'm just trying to build a future. Like, that's it. So I have a platform. I have opportunity to use the stage to, like, let's not take anything away from it. It's bringing in money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's putting food in the house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's taking care of bills. And then more importantly, I'm able to take that money and I can use that for my visions and my dreams versus having to pull my nine-to-five money. Yeah. So it's it's definitely created you know, uh, better time management. But the moment I found out I was going to be a father, bro, like, it was like, it was a blur. I ain't going to lie. It was it was a huge blur. It was just a lot of deep breaths, <laughs> a lot of uh, self-affirmations, mm-hmm. and, and just constant, you know, working on yourself because you know, as I've been saying the whole time, the, the more you work on yourself, everybody's in a better position. Yeah, yeah. So we're going back. With you having that moment, did you have anybody that, like, I'm not sure about your background with your parents and everything mm-hmm. like that. Did you have a father? Oh, yeah, man. Everything I, like that? I, man, listen, I, so I had my dad. That was my stepdad. I, the reason why I respect him so much is because he never looked at me as a stepchild. I never growing up heard that man say, this is my stepson. These are my stepchildren. It was always, these are my kids. Uh, I grew up with him since I was four, you know. Uh, He passed away in 2011. So, you know, I had a remarkable, uh, remarkable time with him. Just, man, it was just amazing. Uh, My father, my biological father, like, he's still in my life, you know what I mean? We've had a rocky, you know, relationship, but at the end of the day, like, that's my father. I wouldn't be here without him. So even with all the pain that I've had is just a direct result of the pain that he dealt with. And it took a lot of hard conversations uh, to, to come to grips that man, like he was just dealing with me the way he dealt with, with whatever he was dealing with as a child. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the full circle moment. And then on top of that, man, I had so many father figures, uh, hella uncles, basketball coaches. Yeah. So I took advantage of that because I understand how difficult it was. Like, I grew up on the south side of Columbus. Yeah. Uh, there's only one house, one, that I personally knew on my block that had two parents. Man. That was my house and the house across from my, it was my neighbor. We grew up with each other since we was in third grade. So everybody else was single parent, living with their aunties, living with their grandparents. Like, it was very, very balanced for me. So I was... I felt like we were like the the, the banks, yeah. you know, the Huxtables of the hood, just because everybody always wanted to be around us because they seen a man. They seen my dad come out every day, go to work. They seen that man walking down the street home from work. Seen that man out there doing football drills with us. They seen that man telling us cut the grass, working on cars. Like that presence, I didn't realize it because I took it for granted. I ain't going to lie because I had it. Mm-hmm. but then I was always trying to, why everybody coming over my damn house? Like, trying to just leave. Why don't y'all go home? Yeah. And they they came to see my pops. 
you know, because they had that man. So I had a, I had the best of both worlds because my father, even though he was in my life, he lived in Indiana. It was kind of rocky <laughs> between him and my mom. And um, I, I had an example of what not to do, and then I had an example of what to do. And even with having that example of what to do, it wasn't one-sided. Because I had things that I grew up with in my household that I told myself I'm not going to carry into adulthood. I'm not going to carry into my, to the, how I develop with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I've seen things from my father that, you know, it was shaky. But then there was a lot of things that he was great at. So I just was learning, able, the older I got, I was able to pick and pull and make that decision for myself. So when they say that a child will be able to make those decisions and they'll be able to see the truth for themselves. Like that, that thing is true. Like I I didn't realize it, but it's very much a fact. Like kids will be able to figure things out and they'll start to put two and two together. And so that's pretty much what I have done since, you know, being a father is just pick and pull, pick and pull, you know, from experiences, from lessons and, you know, mainly from experiences. I appreciate you sharing that. Too, yeah, man. First and foremost, yeah. I was just waiting on you to shed a tear. Oh <laughs> man, I, I've, listen, okay. I, I've I've embraced it, man. I, I've yeah, I've embraced, I've embraced being able to be emotional, man, be vulnerable. Uh, I, that was one thing that I had a problem with. Like um, when I was four, my great grandfather, who I'm named after, Raymond, he passed away. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing that I ever heard that man tell me that I ever remember. He said, remember, it's always okay to cry. Four years old. Why do I remember that? I do not know. But from that point up until, I don't know, 30, you know, when I hit that wall, it was always, don't cry, suck it up. Mm -hmm. What you crying for? You know, so I was like, I've been able to embrace being vulnerable because, uh, like, I, I just shared something today that was talk about how we shame and we always kind of talk down on people that want to share their experiences like mm-hmm. everybody's not looking for clickbait you know man you don't know what my testimony could do for you yeah my story could be the one thing that you need to hear to be like damn okay if he could do it i could do it right. it's not always about trying to get clout yeah. and yeah. i think it's difficult to be vulnerable especially on social media like i don't even like telling getting personal anymore on social media because it's like First thing you see when you see somebody trying to open up is all they want attention. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like, you know what? I'll save it for face. You know, when we had that talk face to face, I'll show you my vulnerability. I'm not going to do it for the social media because it's, it's, it's difficult. Like, it's like almost the sense of, I get it. Do a good deed and you don't need to broadcast it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand that because, you know, the most high knows your heart anyway. But, it's like, man, we so quick to share a video of somebody fighting. Yeah. Why is it a problem that I share a video of somebody giving something to a homeless yeah. man? Now, if you like, oh, yeah, I got the phone, look at me do it, versus somebody just recording them. Mm-hmm. Somebody recording a nice gesture is like, oh, you know, it went viral, but did he do it for a clickbait? Like, okay, yeah. so what you think they're doing when they fight? Yeah, they doing yeah. it for clickbait, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, man, it, it's tough, man. But at the end of the day, like I said, brother, like man, I I'm blessed and privileged to know that I have done all the work that I need to to understand. Like, fellas, if you out there, cry, <laughs> cry, let it out, let the emotions out, go through those emotions and grow through them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't cry, Jamal. <laughs> no, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm straight. <laughs> but um, so, you know, for our listeners, if you all check out his social media, he's with a uh, go-go band. He's with a go-go band by the name of the Deal Breakers. Yes, sir. Um, I was doing some research on just go-go music, and they say that it originated in the 70s from, uh, from D.C. Yes, sir. Yes, could sir. You, could you explain, like, why... And how you even got to go go yeah. in the in the genre? Yeah. Yes, and, sir. And explain what it is. Okay, so well. I'm I'm I, I love explaining this because uh, I like I said I'm a fan of music. I'm a student of music. Like I been studying music since I can remember. My dad had a room full of vinyls. So uh, go go is a subgenre of funk. Okay. 
And funk is Ohio. Ohio birthed funk. The stuff that you hear out on West Coast, that G-Funk, yeah. it derived from Ohio. Wow. It's, I didn't know. Yeah, that, man. funk That's is Ohio, wild. man. Uh, Ohio players. Uh, um, um, the OJs. You know, the Isley Brothers. Funk is Ohio. So... It's a subgenre because it's Latin fused. So you have like the percussion section, which is the star of the band. You have somebody playing bongas and congas. It's a set of four, four high drums, and it makes that distinct sound, that pop sound. And then you have somebody that's playing the tambourine, cowbells, and the timbales. That's where you get the Latin feel. And then you have somebody on the drum set, and they're the heartbeat. So they're driving the band. Um, if you listen to most funk music, you can even go with, with Zap. It started off with a crazy bass line and a kick pattern. Okay. That's usually how most funk music starts out. That's literally go-go. Go-go starts with percussion. As soon as, as soon as the drums starts hitting, that's when the bongas and the congas come in. The cowbell comes in. And then that's when you hear the piano... You know, the, the bass guitar, the, the guitar. You hear everything else following in, and then everything has a pocket. It has a place. So if, you've, if you're not moving together, it's kind of like a car. You know, if, if the ignition ain't going to work, then you ain't going to be able to start. Like, if everything is not running in place, everything has a rhythm section, everything has a place in the pocket. And so all you're doing is just filling in the gaps. Mm. That's all it is, and it's a constant movement. Um, it's contagious. It's contagious. And so the funny way of how Go-Go started here with the Deal Breakers, man, I got to shout out my OG Steve-O. He's, he's the one that that actually, you know, planted the seed in my head. Um, 2017, we was uh, at the studio. We met up twice a week. The band met up twice a week. And at this time, we was just doing, you know, jam sessions. We were doing nothing really major. It was like a lot of retros and uh, Zanzibar and a lot of spots that was just more, uh, you know, home feel. Okay. Just some juke joint type, you know, spots. Yeah. Just something that, you know, you can, yeah, so. definitely underground, but okay. it was meaningful. Um, but we wanted to kick it to the second gear. And uh, we were sitting in the studio, and he's from D.C., and so he was like, man, I, I, I want to run something by you. I just need you to open your mind up and hear me out. So he goes to YouTube and types in cranks and 808s. Mm. Put this thing on, man. The next thing I know, I'm just like, wow. I had no idea it was like that. Because you hear EU the butt, you know, mm. doing the butt. Da, da, yeah, da, yeah, da. Yeah. That's go-go. Okay. okay. You know, um, matter of fact, A. Marie. It's this one thing that's got me tripping. That's go-go. Wow. Beyonce. I would have never known, man. Beyonce, crazy in love. That's go-go. So go-go has always been influenced in hip-hop. Um, you know what I'm saying? But you don't pay attention to it because it's a regional genre. So long story boring, he played it for me, and I was just like, all right, I'm a crooner. I grew up singing soul music, R&B groups, 90s R&B, 80s R&B. I was a love ballad singer. So I'm about to jump out of my comfort zone and do something I've never done before. And um, we started working away at it. We started doing like 10-minute little go-go sets after shows just to introduce it to the people. Not even realizing, man, we have so many people from the DMV that moved to Ohio. And as soon as they heard it, they just was like, yo, where are y'all from? Man. And it was just always, who's from D.C.? Who's from D.C.? I never thought I would hear it again. And then, man, we just, we locked in. We did a show at Natalie's. It was in February 2018. It was uh, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Shout out to my Eagles. That was 18? 17, was it? It was 17 or 18. 17, 18. I think that was Mahomes. No, Mahomes? 17. It was 17 then. 17, my bad. 17. So, He's yeah. about to fact check. No, because, you know, they got the, like, 17, 18 season, 18, 19 yeah. season. But it was 2017, I believe. Uh, we did the Super Bowl party at Natalie's, and that was the first time we actually introduced it. Um, small, intimate setting, and man, it turned into a house party. 
Man. People got up, stopped eating their pizzas, started partying. So we had a residency at Copius. Copius is no longer open. It was on South High Street. And that's where we started just having go-go nights. We started doing shows called Something for the Ladies. And it was a way we kind of, you know, introduced them to go-go without overwhelming it because it's it's a very high energy genre. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm the type of person that I could sing three hours straight. Like, I've done it before. I, I don't need I don't need a break. We can go all day. They call me a human jukebox because I'm mashing music. I'm finding ways to keep everybody moving. I'm noticing that these shows about an hour and a half in, <laughs> people sit down. <laughs> so what we started doing is like, okay, we're going to do 45-minute sets. And so we did one 45-minute set, original music, you know, regular records just to entertain the crowd. And then when we came back for the second set, we would do the go-go set. And then it got to the point where it was just like, man, we have an opportunity to be different. Everybody has this formula that they're following in Columbus. And I'm not opposed to it because mm -hmm. I, I'm a fan of it. You know, if you do it the right way, it can work. But nobody else is doing go-go in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to start something from the ground up because I've watched everybody else start things and I was a part of it and nothing's wrong with it, but... I wanted my own baby. You know what I'm saying? I wanted something for my own that I could really appreciate the grind that it takes to actually get something off the ground and be consistent with having to, you got to stay with it. Can't take time off because it's like a wave. And like, I'm just trying to ride it as long as I can. Pause. And just... just <laughs> got that one quick. We on strike two. <laughs> But yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, it, it it definitely for like I said, for those who don't know, go go is a regional genre, subgenre of funk out of you know the DMV. Uh, the late Chuck Brown, he's the godfather of go go. Uh, he's the one that actually got it to the to the place that it is now. And I'm just using my my platform to do something that they were trying to take away in DC. Wow. Uh, they were trying to take the whole genre away from them. And so, like, I, I'm just glad that we're keeping it going. Do you mind explaining that a little bit more about how it was trying to take it away from them? What I mean, it's it's gentrification. Okay. You know, okay. I mean, that's, okay. D.C. is, people don't want to accept it, but, like, you go to the White House, you look right down the street, it's the hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's just the way, same way that they deal with my hood. Yeah. You know, like, I drive down South Champion, and I just be like, What? Yeah, like yeah. you telling me he like and, and man the house that used to be $800 a month they want $2,000 $3,000 a month for it. it it's just they 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 wanted to take the genre out because they didn't want it to be associated with DC mm -hmm. and you know the people of DC the natives of DC they stood firm on it and was like no this is us this is our culture you're either going to deal with it or not and so that's when they came out with the hashtag, don't mute DC. You know wow. what I'm saying? Don't mute go-go. And it just, it picked up, it picked up. And we kind of jumped on that wave at the right time because once we started doing go-go, it was during that air, that that moment mm -hmm. where they was trying to, you know, pretty much just take it out of the history, you know, the DC history. And uh, so we spread it the message here and, with us spreading the message here, man, we had everybody jump on the train here in Columbus because, like I said, we had so many people that was from D.C. that was like, we thought we'd never hear it again. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, bro. Um, now, this this past week, I read that um, it was a three-year anniversary of COVID. Mm-hmm. How did COVID affect you as in, like, for your work, the band, the singer aspect of you. Great Could you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, COVID was the best, worst thing that happened to me. Um, because around COVID, that was 2020. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it's, it's crazy. I was just, I remember our last show that we did before they locked everything down. It was at Hollywood Casino. It was on March 6, 2020. Wow. And, um, I remember we were in the studio, and I ain't going to call him out or nothing, but my OG walked in. He's a musician, but he got connects with people that work at the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. 
And the week of the show, he was in the studio rehearsing, and he walked in, and he closed the door, and he made us turn our phones off. I mean, he was just like, I need y'all's attention right now. Something's about to happen. Y'all need to get ready. We not about to be playing music for a long time. Y'all need to go to the grocery store, get your food, Man. get your bottle of waters. If you have a job, don't quit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't lose your job right now. It's about to get crazy. So after the show was done, we kind of knew that that was it. Um, for me, on the music side, it was horrible. Uh, I had felt like I had no outlet. I was using a voicey app, which is like an app that's, you know, people upload beats and you can record yeah. over them and post them. I was using that as an outlet to post on social media because I couldn't perform anywhere. Like, it was insane. Um, that definitely had an impact on my mental just because I didn't have anything to do outside of where my first job is. I, I'm, I work at for the post office. Yeah. Like, you talk about we went from scanning 2,000 packages in the morning to like six, 7,000. Work tripled. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm putting in hours. Um, on my personal life, you know, everything came to a collision, like a head-on head collision. And I felt like COVID was that, that turning moment that, like, I had to really address myself. And I had to stop trying to play victim mm -hmm. uh, about what happened to me and what I've been through. And I had to really start putting in the work to heal myself. Um, so it gave me a lot of time to isolate. Um, I appreciated the isolation I did. Um, it, it made me really have to work on myself. So it, it affected me in a lot of negative ways, but man, like, shit, I just took the lemons and made them lemonade. Like I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm black. <laughs> yeah, there ain't no quitting. Huh? I mean, it, but it, not only that, but it's like, bro, like I'm watching people run into stores and grab groceries, and I'm just like, bro, y'all don't even know. I can eat peanut butter and jelly for the next three weeks. Like y'all, yeah. like we, this was not anything different to us. Like man, y'all, y'all losing the privilege of being able to do what y'all've always done, and it's like for us, man, we it wasn't a privilege for us. Yeah. We had to go to work. You know what I mean? We had jobs where it was literally check to check. I know people that's living check to check and homeless. They have full-time jobs. Like, we've been through the struggle. We we know. So COVID was more of a just like, all right, let's go. You know, let's, let's lace them up. You know, it's, we got to apply what we went through growing up, but we got to apply it to everyday life for the next couple of years. What um so you know I think it's April twenty second, but we got Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis. Uh -oh. Who you going with? Uh oh, going with Tank man. Why? Because I'm in. I'm on the other side. Of <laughs> you should have known Maul was going to have a side. You know yeah. what? And and I don't take anything away from Ryan. Like mm -hmm. Garcia's a dog. Like mm -hmm. I'm not about to sit here and act like he can't, but. I mean, I've I've watched enough fights to know if Tank gets that one hit, mm -hmm. Garcia ain't. I don't think he could recover from that. You I don't just think I, so? I I don't. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about a crazy hook, you know, anywhere on his body from Tank. Like if he hit me, he's shifting everything. <laughs> like I'm gonna stand still, my whole body shifting. Jello, Jello. Like <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's gonna be a good fight. I don't think it's gonna be anything that happens. Like, you know, I don't think it's gonna be uh one one hitter quitter. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm 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 riding with Tank. I want to hear why you think Garcia gonna win. Well, mm. so I've watched both fighters. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't seen all the fights. Okay. Um, but what's kind of reminded me of this fight as far as, like, with the storyline, Javante Davis, everybody talks about his power. 
Ryan Garcia, I've heard about his speed and I've heard about the left hook, correct? Mm-hmm. The storyline was the same with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, where we underestimated Tyson Fury. We didn't give him the respect. People talked about how he was old. People talked about how, you know, his mental health was going to be too much of a problem for him. And he comes out there and he proves all the doubters wrong. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia, I mean, you just got to look at it. Like, my man is fast. My man has the height. My man has, I think Gervonta has maybe an inch over him on the, on the reach. Um, one thing I've noticed about Gervonta is that he takes a lot of hits. Yeah. Okay. And we have to respect that, like, where we're like, okay, so you're going to stand toe-to-toe. We've seen a lot of matches where you have been losing the fight. And you and it came to you having to knock out your opponent in order to win the fight. Mm. Okay. So when I'm okay. even looking at Garcia versus Davis, some Davis fans will argue that, oh, he's going to get Ryan up out of there. No later than the seventh round, <laughs> and I'm and I'm personally this, this, so this is my thoughts on this fight. It goes to decision. Ryan takes it from being the the more technical, the more landing, more jabs or so, and or it's going to be a draw. Uh, you I, think look, so? I see this being a three type fight. Now, one thing that's a good thing about this fight is that everybody else that says that they're a big name, now you have to fight. There's no way in yeah, hell you can yeah. sit here and just be, oh, well, I'm the greatest. I'm boom, boom. I'm pound for pound, boom, boom. Yeah. But Ryan and Tank went out and fought. Yeah. And this is a little bit different because I don't think, no matter who loses the fight, I don't think we're going to look at them any different, differently. We expect somebody to lose the fight. Yeah, yeah. somebody has to lose. Yeah. Somebody has to lose. So I'm going with Ryan Garcia, and I'm going by decision, or I'm just going by draw. Those are my my uh, takes on that fight. You in the boxing? I, I watch it. I dab a little bit, a little bit. But I feel you on the decision. I think it's going to go the decision. I'm not teeter-tottering either way. But I think it's going to go the distance for sure, especially when you, like you said, it's speed versus power. And you never know what's going to happen when it comes to speed versus power. Yeah. Like, especially if somebody got a still jaw, like, if they could take a lot of punches, we, we almost looking at a movie. Because I'm like, I've never seen it, right? And we also, I always compare this fight to the Deontay Water fight. And I get it that they're in two different weight class. It's a lot less weight and stuff on the body. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've always noticed about a power puncher is that when the power does not land, what type of fighter are you? Yeah. When the power doesn't yeah. land. Yeah. You're using a lot of uh, you're stamina. Using a lot of stamina. Right. So, like, once power. we get to them later rounds, like they were yeah. saying, if we, okay, let's just say it goes to the seventh round, it's not a knockout. Once we go to those later rounds, now mm-hmm. it's a dancing game. More so, That's who can stay on the feet longer. Yeah, and, well, and then we lighter weight class. You know, they got a little bit more stamina too, as well. You don't see yeah. heavyweights going the distance too much, or if you do, they're like gassed. Like so, that's, I, I think if I think if it gets to that point, you'll start you'll start seeing Tank go for the counter. Yeah, he's going to have to, yeah. and it's going to have to be like Jamal said, a big. He ain't gonna have to. He he's not gonna be able to get back up. Yeah. Because even with those knockdowns, like Jamal said, if he's more technical and he wins that scorecard, when it comes down to the decision, it's gonna be a split Garcia because he landed more, mm-hmm. he looked better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell people like when it comes to the speed, no, it's not always the end all be all. But it's like if they can punch quick, they can move quick. I yeah. mean, it's, hello. It's tactical. It's tactical. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's going to be hard for Tank to try to get those those bombs on him. Yeah. So you, know? you, you think, how do you think it's going to come out starting off? You think they're going to fill them out? Both of them going to fill each other out? Or you think they're going to come off with their game plan? I don't and... think either one is going to be able to try to come in right away and just go crazy. Okay. I think the the fight is too big to to – 
I think it's too big for they and they both know the magnitude of the fight. It's going to be a chess match. Okay. It's going to be an ultimate chess match. I think the first couple rounds, you're going to see some. I, I feel like boxers like they script they they try to script out the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to like okay, first round we're going to see what they coming with. Second round, I'm 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 gonna go with. I'm 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 gonna line him up to see what he's moving off of and what he's reacting to, and then I I feel like that's how it's going. I think it's going to be a huge chess match. Yeah. But I I don't I I don't know, man. I just tank. I can't. Yeah. I just see if he is able to land a punch on Garcia. I. It's going to sound hard, and is 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 definitely going. <laughs> it's going to affect. It's going to take him down, man. But. Garcia is a dog, man. I just want a good boxing match. Like me, I I grew up on boxing because my dad was a a huge boxing fan. Like he's family with Buster, so it was kind of like I grew up on heavyweight. Okay, I ain't grow up on all of this small boxing. There's nothing against them, but like you had to slug them. You know what I mean? And I grew up. We also grew up in the era. All of us did. Where man, they wasn't they wasn't afraid to fight each other. Yeah. I think there was only one boxer everybody dodged until his later years, and that was Tyson. Like, you know, they talk about Lennox beating him, and I'm just like, yeah, Lennox was never wanting to fight Tyson in his prime. Yeah. Like, when he was putting him down in 13 seconds, he, he didn't want any parts of him. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up in an era where, man, like you said, the fighters had no choice but to fight each other. You can't call yourself the GOAT, the greatest of all time. You can't do none of that if you're not stepping in the ring with somebody that says the same thing. And that's why... I haven't ordered a fight. I will streamcast that puppy all day long because it's like I'm tired of watching a contender fight a a champion. Like I want to see a champion fight a champion. And I'm not talking about titles, but I'm talking about I know if if Crawford and Spence get in the ring, it's going to be a slugfest. Like those fights, that's what boxing needs. Because right now UFC is taking the cake like yeah. because they have good fights. Like, man, the boxing box, but, like, yeah, I grew up on heavyweight, so I want to see, if it's a match, I want to see a match. I'm tired of seeing undercards be the be the main event. Yeah. Yeah. Facts, facts. Well, we getting about to that time. Man. Yes, sir. We getting about to that it's time. Close. I told, told you I wouldn't have you for a long time. Yes, sir. Sometime, but not a long time. <laughs> um, So... I know you have a performance tonight, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want to talk about that performance? Yeah, we are going to be at Ginger. It's going. It's called Ginger Rabbit Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's downtown. Um, let me see. I gotta find the address. It's my homie Dave. He's actually uh, the bass guitarist in my band, uh, the Deal Breakers. He is a a, a jazz. He's a jazz guitarist, and mm-hmm. so he is going to have his first trio show. Um, and so to my understanding, they have two showings. Uh, it's completely sold out. Wow. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, that, that deserves thank you for the support. Thank you. So both, so both showings are, are completely sold out, but, uh, we're going to be back July 1st mm. as well. So they're already bringing us back because of all the attention that we've been able to grab as far as the reservations. But it's going to be jazz. It's going to be uh, much different from the deal breakers. It's going to be much more laid back. I'm a croon them, swoon them, and you know, hopefully somebody go and make a baby. Man, (laughs) (laughs) he trying to raise the population. (laughs) Hey, brother, you know how many messages I've received from people that was like, "Yo, I just want to know, can I please give my child your name as the middle name? Like, can I have Ray incorporated into Uh, it as we came to your show?" You spice this up. And I tell the fellas, when y'all come to my shows, especially the deal breaker shows, it's hella women there. Beautiful women. It's always a good time. We don't have no drama, no nothing. Fellas, I'm doing y'all a favor. Just shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Don't say <laughs> nothing. I'm going to do all the talking on stage for you. All you got to do is when the show's over, approach them like a man should. And they're going to be ready. And it ain't got to lead to <laughs> sex all the time, but you're going to be able to build off of that night because yeah. I'm setting the ambiance. They want to be loved. Man. You just watch this big teddy bear sing all night. They want to feel something. 
<laughs> there you go. I'm right there. I'm putting the plate in front of you. All you got to do is pick up the fork. Just don't make a mess. <laughs> it's that simple. It sounds so, like yeah. this. Wear, wear a napkin. Yeah, wear a napkin. Go on, man. Make, mm. but make the babies. Amen. So I know you said that you could sing for three hours straight. Uh-oh. Yeah. If you could sing something for 30 seconds. Let me put the timer on. Put it on. I, I was going to ask you this. Gonna I was about to say, hey, I was going to say, you know, I, I I used to like the five heartbeats. That's my favorite movie. You know <laughs> nice like this. Hey, we can start start a group real quick, you know. Start a group real uh, quick. Yeah. You sing whatever you want to sing. Okay, I got you. Anything. I'm going I'm to mute our mics. Okay. I'll go right now. Yeah, I'm ready. I grew up in a house with my mother. I didn't have my punk ass five. Cause he felt it was his time to move on. It seems when I got a bit older, the world got a little bit colder. And I had to learn everything on my own. I think about where I've been and where I'm at. Oh, and I know I got so far to go, but y'all don't hear me. So when I don't even feel like thinking about it, talking about it, yeah. This is where I go, you can find me sitting in the back of my lack, smoking my drove, sipping my yak, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Hey, have me over here ready. Hey, Steph, did you did you have him focused on that? Did you did you have his him the only shot yeah, on the clip? Course, of course. Man, please, <laughs> please, right. please, 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 smooth. Right. Hey, that was straight smooth. WTYX, <laughs> the Soul yeah. Station. Like we said before, we appreciate you coming out. Yeah, hey man, yes. this yes. is a good time, man. Yeah, I hope I can come back. For sure. For sure. Uh, definitely talk some fun stuff, man. Strippers. No, hey. I'm just playing. <laughs> he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just playing, man. Just playing. I'm the corny dad, man. I'm going to say all the stuff that you shouldn't say. Like, God, you can tell he don't get out. That literally just happened to me. I was in Detroit for my birthday. And we in the bar. And I'm starting to mix Gracie's Corner songs with what they're playing in the club. And the bartender said, baby, you got to go home and watch some reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about my damn baby in the club. I'm supposed to be turned up. And I'm talking about brush your teeth, baby. Brush, brush your teeth. Like, you in the wrong place, bro. In the wrong place, brother. Oh, man.